You're listening to the Diet Rebel Podcast with Kiki Smith. If you're a woman who hates the idea of having to choose between loving your body and changing it, then you are a Diet Rebel and this podcast is for you. In this podcast, we talk about everything from loving your body exactly as it is now to becoming the most fit, lean, and toned you've ever been, no matter how old you are how many tiny humans you've birthed, or how many times you've lost and regained the same 15 or 50 pounds. Seriously, you don't want to miss it. So grab a snack, preferably protein-based, and sit back and enjoy this episode. So today we're talking about a diet break and how to know if your body is asking. No begging for a break. So I feel like this is always a good time of year to talk about diet breaks, uh, not only because of at the time of this recording, obviously, uh, we are in December. So knee deep into, you know, holidays, if you're over in the US, Thanksgiving has just passed, you know, you got Christmas around the corner, New Year. So you have, it's a time of year where naturally it may you may be more inclined to take a break whether you want to or not. But also we are heading into the new year when there's a lot of, you know, you start having reflections on what happened in the past year, start setting those goals, resolutions, intentions for the coming year, which often can include weight loss. So I like to address plateaus around this time of year. So today, I really want to talk about, you know, what a diet break actually is and talk about some of the common mistakes that women over 40 tend to make and help you to understand the signs that indicate whether or not you need a diet break because of the fact that if you do have plans for uh, losing fat in the new year, if you need a break, you want to take it before you move into that fat loss phase because it's going to make your fat loss phase that much more productive. So, you know, first, you know, let's start by understanding the concept of a diet break. So a diet break typically involves where you are temporarily increasing your calorie intake back up to maintenance levels for a specific period. So this is the exact same thing that we do when we're talking about doing a metabolism reset. It's usually for a longer period of time. A metabolism reset is basically an extended diet break where you are keeping them up for a longer time versus uh a short break. So breaks can come in a lot of different forms. I definitely want to preface it by saying that this could just be like a refi day that's happening on the weekends. This could be a break where sometimes like where I talk about clients where I have them do like three weeks of cut and one week of maintenance, like that's a diet break, you know, but there's also these longer extended breaks. And I want to talk a little bit about those. So the strategy behind the diet break is that it has benefits, both physical and mental. Because while it's going to provide your body with that, you know, break from calorie restriction, because we know that, you know, your body's adaptive, your body's a beautifully adaptive thing. And so your your metabolism is going to reduce the longer you're in a caloric deficit. This can happen as quickly as three weeks. Most people tend to stay stick with a some sort of restriction a little bit longer than that may not be like super strict obviously the strictest ones are around that three-week mark but that's how fast that adaptation can occur so first and foremost your break is going to give you you know some kind of you know respite from that from the restriction 
So that helps your body to your metabolism to essentially reset more efficiently. It helps your body to remember what maintenance is, is what I like to tell my clients is we always want to remind the body what maintenance is so it can acknowledge a deficit. If you're always in the deficit, then the deficit is maintenance. Like that's not a deficit anymore. It's the norm. So we want the deficit to always be recognized as a deficit to your body so that it can do what it's supposed to do when you reduce calories. But in order for that to happen, then we have to remind it what maintenance is so that it can acknowledge that deficit. But also, like I said, there is that psychological benefit that you're going to get as well, because staying in the cut phase for too long does so many things psychologically, not only to the fact that like, again, you start feeling like, you know, a lot of times your worth may get attached to those lower calorie levels. You feel like you haven't deserved a break. You know, there's all these things that are going on there. But also when we're talking about psychology, you know, physiology and psychology are connected, whether we want them to be or not. And your brain actually requires calories. Your brain requires way more calories than the little bit of space that it takes up in your body. So it literally messes with your head to be low calories for too long. So hangry is a real thing. So because these diet breaks give you that break psychologically, mentally, physically, but so many women over 40 just aren't taking them. They aren't taking full advantage of them. So either they have this all or nothing thing with their diet or they're either on a diet or off the diet and granted, going off the diet can sometimes give you that break, but it just depends because if your body has adapted to lower calories, then it's still not getting the nutrients that it needs from that break. So first I want to address why so many women aren't taking these diet breaks because that's important. We always want to address the mindset piece first. Why is it instinctive for us to kind of avoid taking these breaks that are so good for us? So the first one would be age. I see getting in the way for a lot of women. And what I mean by that is that so many women feel like, okay, because I'm getting older, my metabolism is fixed. So it's just like really resistant. And therefore, I can't eat more. So my metabolism is just slower than everybody else's or if I even look at food XYZ. And so like a lot of women get really scared to increase their calories because instinctively, you know that your body has adapted to it. So there's that fear of like, okay, the adaptation has happened in the downward term, <laughs> but they don't have as much faith that it can happen on the upward slope. So the thing is, is your body's adaptability is relevant at any age. So the diet breaks can impact you positively regardless of your age. So that's one of the things that I find is that a lot of women will use age as that factor of even if they understand the concept, they feel like that the reset process or the diet break process, that those benefits of like, oh, it'll you know help my metabolism go up if I eat a little bit more they feel like that only applies to younger women and doesn't apply to them. They feel like, okay, once mine has adapted downward, it's going to stay down. That is not true. So that's the first one that I see. The second misconception that I see with women over the age of 40, not taking diet breaks is hormones. 
they feel like hormones are all that matters. So, you know, like I'm either in, you know, menopause, perimenopause, or, you know, and so like all these hormonal shifts are what's impacting my metabolism and my body composition. So therefore a diet break won't help me because my problem is hormonal. It's not, you know, something that can be fixed by taking this diet break or eating more. And while hormones do play a role, balanced nutrition, including diet breaks, is still going to be effective for you. So hormones are, on the large part, affected by the way that you eat. So eating more and having that response is hormonal. So a big part of why your metabolism may adapt downwards is when you're eating less, you know, your body starts to adjust to that. But hormonally, there is some leptin involved that can cause you to be overly hungry. So you could be eating less and be overly hungry and start experiencing some binge cycles because of the fact that you will not eat enough. So that's why like, yes, your hormones do matter, but eating will also affect it. And if you start giving them enough, you can turn off that leptin response and not have the binges that are associated with dieting for a lot of women. So uh, the, the next thing that I see is so many women, especially, you know, by the time we are in middle age, we feel more like extreme measures are necessary for us. So whereas before it started off as something that was like, oh, this is the quick fix. And we were kind of doing it because we were young and impatient. As we get older, we actually feel more like things need to be more drastic and extreme for us. And that's because as we get older, like the way that our body starts digesting food is different and things like that. So because of that, and because of maybe things that we've heard, like our parents and grandparents say, we start feeling like that too. Like, no, the drastic diets, the, you know, exclusion of all these things, intense exercise, like these extremes are the only solution for me because I'm older and my metabolism, you know, these play into the other things that we just talked about. My hormones are shot or my metabolism is crash. And we like, we use extreme wording to describe the things that are happening to us, which also causes us to feel like we have to use extreme measures. So these extreme measures that we feel like we have to use, you know, I need more cardio than other people, or I need more intense cardio than other people, or I need to work out for two hours instead of, you know, 30 minutes, or I need to, you know, exclude all gluten, wheat, dairy, corn, like all the things. And not saying that these things aren't something that start to maybe cause intolerances as you get older, or that there aren't people that do have legit uh, allergies with certain foods, we just tend to, this is what I see ongoing with consultations that I do and clients at the older we get, the more we feel like there must be something extreme that I have to do to get a result. And basically that's because we've allowed so much time to pass and we haven't been compounding those little tiny measures that we just want a result quicker. So we think that we need to be extreme. So but the thing is that we know those extreme measures lead to burnout, they lead to health issues. And again, that's where diet breaks would actually come in handy because they give you that alternative and they actually can help reverse some of the health issues that come from burnout, from, you know, burning ourselves into the ground and 
making our adrenals, you know, overly stressed, stressing our central nervous system. So this is where a diabetic actually can help, even though, again, we probably don't want to because we feel like we need to be extreme. Um, a lot of women over 40, they only ever pursue caloric deficits. So they feel like this being in a constant deficit is just always going to be beneficial. Whereas they don't understand, as we were talking about before, when it comes to the hormones, when it comes to the reason why their metabolism is slow, the calorie deficit is the problem. Because when you're in that restricted area for so long, even if it's like, well, I'm not even really that hungry, so I don't need to eat more. The longer that you are restricting calories, of course, you're not going to be as hungry because your metabolism has downgraded. So it downgrades so that you won't be as hungry. But then that is negatively impacting your hormones. That's also negatively impacting your muscle mass. It's negatively impacting your well-being. So that's why we want to have the diet breaks to incorporate, you know, and to like counteract the effects that being in those caloric deficits have. So one of the big ones I would also say I'm, I'm running down my, my list here of, of reasons why women tend to avoid it because I want to address all the elephants in the room just in case one of them is plaguing you right now. And probably the biggest elephant in the room that I should have put at number one of reasons why women avoid it, but I'm just going to put it out there is fear of weight gain. Like so many women, especially, and, and obviously this makes perfect sense, right? Like you're on the path to lose, you want to lose weight. Like that's the whole point. So when you hit a plateau, like the worst possible scenario is, okay, let me start eating more and gaining weight. That's the reason why most people fear doing a metabolism reset. That's the reason why most people fear doing any sort of diet break. That's why like they feel a lot of women have that all or nothing that when they do, take a break or get, you know, their body's begging for food and they take it, they feel like they're off their diet because of the fact that like, they just crave staying in control. And when they're not in control, their biggest fear is I'm going to gain weight. And because maybe they will have that day where, you know, you're eating perfectly, you're eating perfectly, you're eating perfectly. And then you have one day where you go out with the family or you go on a date night, or you just kind of like give in to your cravings and then you step on the scale the next day and the scale tells the tale of what you did the day before. And, you know, that it just reinstates that fear when in actuality, you know, mostly just you had more carbs than normal. And so you retain more water than normal and they would probably have all, you know, panned out over the next couple of days and you've been right back to normal again because of that and just keeps that fear like right at the forefront so that so many women worry that if they take that diet break I'm going to gain so much weight you know when in actuality if your diet break is structured so like I say I have a lot of clients where I do that where we'll do like three weeks on one week off or six weeks on two weeks off or something like that, where when we're in cut phase, I have a specific amount of weeks that they're in a cut phase and then a specific amount of days or weeks that they have to take a maintenance break. And then if they're, you know, in a long-term cut after a specific amount of months of doing that, I'll have them take an even longer forced break. And that is hands down their biggest worry heading into that is like, oh my gosh, I put in 
all of this work, I'm going to gain it all back in these two weeks of eating at maintenance or sometimes a month or two of eating at maintenance. And even when they're injured and experiencing, you know, a reason that they have to take that break, like that is the biggest fear. Not realizing that when you have that structure, that structured diet break, it's actually designed to prevent the excessive weight gain that happens when you just go on diet, off diet, on diet, off diet. It's the on again, off again that causes the weight gain, but structured and strategic breaks actually help because the second that you go back into the cut like that, any fluctuations that you have from the extra water weight, you know, dissipate pretty quickly. So, and you get the health benefits because you're not in that constant uh, caloric restriction. So you know, that's the biggest thing to understand is that usually when we're looking at it, like to sum up a lot of these negatives <laughs> that I'm talking about, or these reasons for avoidance is, is that all or nothing that we were talking about, or this like searching for this one size fit all approach. And when women feel that way, they feel like I either have to be on or else I'm going to subject myself to never being able to get back on again, or I'm going to gain all the weight back, or I'm, you know, my metabolism is way too low. So all of these things are more, it puts us in those extreme all or nothings. And I know the last few episodes, I've been talking more and more about that because that is one of the biggest pieces of diet mentality that actually gets in the way of us getting results. So it's really important to understand a lot of these things that might get in your way so that you can work through them, do the work to get through all of these negative mental things that come up that stop you from doing the thing that's actually going to help you. So understanding that if you're only focusing on calories and stand on a caloric deficit, then that means like, where are the nutrients coming from that you need? When you cut your calories, you're probably cutting your nutrients. Diet breaks help you to get those back. It can help address the nutrient deficiencies. When you are looking for that one-size-fits-all approach, understand that diet breaks are helping you to actually tailor it to you. It's not one-size-fits-all. When you're so worried about the short-term that you're prioritizing that and you're not worried about the long-term, the diet break actually helps you to stick with it long-term. So a lot of women are so worried about that. They're thinking that that diet break is going to hinder their progress, but that's focusing on the short-term when in reality, the diet break is going to contribute to sustainable long-term results because that's what's going to actually promote that metabolic health and not have that burnout that we talked about before and actually nurture your hormones, which is what you want. So, you know, as we age, that's something that becomes more and more important to not just focus on how do I, how do I stay super extreme with my caloric restriction? How can I be super extreme with my exercise? Those things will not offset a poor diet. And staying in a caloric restriction will not give you those nutrients that you need and really give you the self-care that you need. And you just need that rest because just like when it comes to your workouts, I always say that the magic of the workout comes when you're not doing the workout. It comes in the rest, not during the work. That's the exact same thing with your diet. The magic of doing a cut phase comes from the non-cut phases. So 
whenever you're looking at this desire to cut, you want to pad it as much as possible with phases of non-cutting. That's where the magic of seeing how your body adapts to being in a deficit happens. If you stay in a deficit, there's nothing magical about it. If you're constantly working out, there's nothing magical about it. So, you know, that's the biggest thing is that all of the excuses for not doing it is basically you neglecting your body. It's you not performing self-care. I know we're huge on, you know, self-care now and people are talking about it all the time. This is where self-care actually comes in is that if you want your body to keep doing these things that you want to do, because your body really doesn't care about your fat loss, but if you care about your fat loss, then you need to show your body that you care for it so that it can, you know, work with you rather than against you. So with that being said, I know we spend a good portion on that because the mindset is always the most important. So (laughs) understanding that once you've worked through your reasons for not wanting to take a diet break, now we can look at the signs for why you might need a diet break, okay? Because if I just gave you the signs, any of those reasons would pop up and you would tune out and you wouldn't listen to the other things. So we have to look at, you know, the elephant in the room. We have to address that first. So now that we've tackled all of those misconceptions, let me tell you the 10 signs that you might need a break, that your body might be begging for a break. So sign number one, stalled progress. So if you are working really hard, you're not seeing the changes, probably time for a diet break. So that's going to be the biggest one is that plateau. If you hit a plateau, your instinct is saying, maybe I need to remove something else. Maybe I need to up the cardio. Maybe I need to reduce my calories further. Don't. Take the calories up first. Take a break before you reduce them. So that's always going to be the first sign is if you hit a plateau because you may have just, you may just have been in a deficit for too long and a simple diet break could help. If you've been in it for a very long time, then consider a metabolism reset, which is an extended diet break. Sign number two would be fatigue. So if you have really low energy levels, that can also be a sign. A lot of times I see a lot of women who diet for an extremely long time. They think that fatigue is a sign of something else. They connect a lot of these things with age and they don't realize that it's literally just because they're not eating. And that can be the reason why. So if you have lots of fatigue, very low energy, you're starting to notice it in your workouts. This is great if you're the person that is actually tracking your workouts and you're starting to see the difference. Maybe you're not able to go as long as you could before, you know, something like that. That's one of the ways that will show you, or if just at the end of the night, you're absolutely like burnt out or maybe midday, you're noticing a crash, you know, you got that 2.30 feeling or whatever that five hour energy uh, slogan was like, when you start noticing those things, that could be a sign that you just don't, you're not eating enough. So sign number one was stall progress. Sign number two is fatigue and low energy. Number three would be irritability and mood swings. So again, this is something that a lot of women especially attribute to hormones. But remember, under eating does mess with your hormones. So if you are 
in a very low calorie state for a long period of time, understand that caloric restriction can start impacting a lot of your mood regulating hormones. So that can lead to heightened irritability, some mood fluctuations. So if you're noticing that irritability, mood swings, aka being hangry, (laughs) then take a diet break. That can actually help. Like we talked before, a diet break can help restore the hormonal balance, you know, and really just promote emotional well-being overall. So if you're noticing you're hangry, pay attention to it. Don't just be like, oh, I was hangry. Recognize that when you're low calorie, it messes with your head a little bit. Um, So that would be number three. Number four would be poor sleep quality. So especially these go hand in hand. So like we said before, like you may notice that you're super fatigued, but also you can't sleep. So when you start noticing things like that, that is definitely a sign because poor sleep quality can come from being in that deficit. So because of the fact that under eating affects your hormones, it affects your blood sugar levels. So when you aren't having enough food in your system to stabilize your hormones, then taking that diet break can actually help that and lead to better sleep and like improved rest. That's one of the things that a lot of people notice when they take um, metabolism reset. It's just like, man, I am sleeping like a baby now. I didn't even realize, you know, and especially the energy one is also a big one for a lot of people is they didn't realize that it was connected to their food. They're just like, I don't understand why I suddenly have so much energy and I can sleep well and my hair is growing and my nails are growing and all these things when they start eating more. So that would be number four. I'm losing track of my numbers here. Okay. So number five would be uh, hungry. If you're persistently hungry and you got cravings, that is a sign. So, you know, an occasional craving when you are in a cut phase is known to happen. But if you have a pretty decent calorie allotment, you should be able to fit in even the things that you crave. So typically, if you are on a strict diet, that's when you start seeing that, you know, those intense, it can really trigger those intense cravings and uh, increase your hunger hormone. So that's when we talk about that leptin hormone can be triggered to where, you know, things are so strict that you're like dreaming about certain foods and, but you're still like, you're, fighting it and like, oh, but my willpower is going to be so strong. And maybe you get to the point where you start, which number, my number six that I have here is obsessive thoughts about food. So same thing. So like those two kind of go hand in hand. So maybe you find like, okay, you're always hungry. You're craving things. You start like really obsessing about foods and this could be obsessing good or bad. Maybe you're like, always ready to eat. Like you're like watching the timer for like, when is my next meal? Because of the fact that the meals aren't filling enough or they aren't fulfilling enough emotionally or, you know, physically. So you're constantly like wondering when the next meal is, or you're obsessing about how clean the food is, or maybe judging other people's food a lot. Like that's another thing that I see because of the fact that like you're so hungry and then other people are eating things that you would probably really like to eat in front of you. But because of the fact that you're so focused on keeping your willpower and you're obsessing about how clean you're eating, and maybe now you're turning and you're judging everybody else's food and like, how dare you eat that? And that's disgusting. And that food is trash and that's going to kill you or whatever the case may be. That's another way and another sign that you might need a diet break. So if you're either having those intense cravings 
that might be a sign that you need to, A, satisfy those cravings. Sometimes that's all it takes is like just freaking eat the brownie or the cupcake or whatever. And maybe that's all you needed and you can go on about your merry way. Sometimes you need a full diet break because of the fact that you're in a nutrient deficit. So that will help to get you back up to neutral with your nutrients before you go back into a cut phase, should you go into one. And then again, constantly thinking about food or fearing certain foods or feeling guilt around eating, you know, that starts to show that there's that unhealthy relationship with food and that's where a diet break. And typically then that's when I'm going to kind of recommend that metabolism reset. If it's starting to get really intense or a chill phase to really normalize your relationship with eating again, like it shouldn't get so obsessive because a lot of time that obsession is just how you're trying to use your brain to talk you into thinking that what you're doing is normal versus a deficit short term that you're trying to get a specific result from. So really pay attention to that. Also, if you start noticing some social isolation that can occur. Now, these are also all signs of orthorexia, which I talk a lot about inside of the Crush the Diet course. So if that's something, if some of these things are really hitting home with you, I highly recommend taking that course because that's where we really dive deep into this. And we bring in the specialists that talk about this, dietitians and nutritionists who deal with these things on a daily. And these are the same things that they talk about. So when you're seeing that the hunger, the cravings, the food obsession, the fear about foods, you know, the guilt around foods, the social isolation where, you know, you start to avoid certain social situations due to your dietary restrictions, you know, that's something to take into consideration. This isn't to say that, hey, when you set out to be, you know, on a journey to improve your health, or to lose weight or something that everybody around you is going to be super supportive and that you're going to be able to eat all the exact same things all the time. No, obviously, if you're having these times where you're trying to lose weight and all the people around you are eating all the things that caused your weight gain in the first place, you know, you are going to make some changes, but that's the reason why you have those planned diet breaks. And that's one of the biggest things that I do with my clients when we're doing our blueprint or when we're having our check-ins as I'm constantly checking in with their life. Like, hey, what are the things that are coming up socially that this might get in the way of or vice versa? Because we want to incorporate as many of those as possible into the plan so that you're not avoiding all the things that make you happy mentally in order to get this result physically. We want to try to mesh them together. So when you have diet breaks, especially strategically planned diet breaks, they can allow you to engage more freely in the social activities and in, enjoy those special moments without having the anxiety. If you're always you know, dead in the middle of a cut phase, when something important comes up, then you're always going to feel like triggered by the people around you. And that's where we say a lot of those orthorexic things start coming in because you're kind of just mad at everybody else <laughs> because they're eating freely and you can't. But if you have, if you know that's coming and you plan accordingly, you know, my clients know, and we're planning for, you know, Thanksgiving days or birthdays or holidays or anniversaries, like all that's included into the plan so they can go and they can enjoy that time and then they can get right back on it. So they get both the mental benefits of the break, the physical benefits of the break, but they also still get results. So you don't, you don't want it to be all or nothing. So, you know, that's one of the things that we want to pay attention to. And then again, 
we want to look at the hormonal changes. So we talked earlier about the fact that a lot of times women think my hormones are screwed up. So therefore I need to restrict when sometimes the restriction is what's causing the hormonal screw up. So you want to know which comes first, the chicken or the egg, because when you're in that prolonged caloric restriction that can disrupt your hormonal balance. So your menstrual cycles, your fertility, your bone health, you want to understand that under eating affects all of those things. So if you're on strict diets, maybe trying to help those things, you may want to be aware that some of them either may be hurting those things, or if you're on a strict diet and wondering why these things are happening, that could also be part of it. So a diet break can help restore the hormonal equilibrium. So if you take those breaks as you're supposed to, then that can help to restore some of those things. So it's something that you want to keep in mind instead of just using your hormones as an excuse, start paying more attention to the fact that is there a you know nutrient deficiency that's causing this hormonal shift or is the under eating the, you know, just not having enough food in my system triggering a response with a specific hormone instead of just saying, I need to be super strict because my hormones are so screwed up that I don't get results. Okay. So work with your hormones rather than against them or just using them as, you know, the scapegoat and you're just the victim to the hormones. See what you can do to help the hormones along. So the last things that I would point out again, I've totally lost count here. I think we're probably on number nine. Uh, Number eight was hormonal changes. Number nine would be recurring injuries or illnesses. And this one is usually a red flag for me and this because they go hand in hand for me. So when I have a client that gets injured, that's one of the first things that we do is like, okay, cut that's over. Let's go back to maintenance. So that's something that I go into a lot of detail on for, you know, my clients and also people inside of the app is that injuries are not a time for cut because you need all of the nutrients to help your bones, ligaments, tendons, muscles to heal properly. But also look at illnesses. If you're getting sick a lot, it could be due to that caloric restriction. So you know, a weakened immune system, inadequate recovery can be from nutrient deficiencies and a diet break can provide those nutrients again, to help you to heal, to help your immune system get better, trying to continue to cut throughout those time periods usually just prolongs them and you don't get the results. So it's better to just stop, take the break, heal up, and then get back to it. A lot of my clients fight me on this, but once we're back into cut phase and it's kind of like, it never even happened, you know, they get right back on track again, because of the fact that they took that time to heal up. So it's one of those things that definitely feels like a catch So you want to just keep pushing through, you want to just like, power through the sickness and keep cutting or power through the injury and keep cutting. But if you take the time and honor your body in this way, it will pay you back in spades. So you just have to trust me on that or not. (laughs) You could try it the other way and see how that works for you. But that is something if you notice that you're constantly getting uh, injured, which actually leads me into uh, number 10. And it plays into what I was saying a little bit earlier about the fatigue and things like that is the decreased physical performance. So if you notice these things happening, you're getting weaker and weaker in the gym, you're running like less and less 
far as you usually run, you can't last as long in your Zumba class. Like you're just starting to notice that overall things are, they feel harder. If your workouts start feeling harder and you're also starting to see some of these injuries from when you're working out and you have this exhaustion, fatigue, and all the other things that we talked about, that is a huge sign of an inadequate energy availability. So inadequate nutrient intake, and that is going to impact your strength. That's going to impact your endurance. That's going to impact your overall workout performance. So taking that diet break can rejuvenate, you know, your energy, it can improve your performance. It can help you to sleep better. It can help you to have less fatigue. So all the things that we've talked about here is, you know, some other reasons why you want to consider taking that diet break. And like I said, this is one of the best times of years to do it. A lot of times there's a little less resistance to taking a break right now, but I just really wanted to first address those, you know, the elephant in the room, those things that get in the way of us even considering it. And then really take a look at these signs, because when you understand the misconceptions and all of the little games that your mind is going to play on you, and you can understand the signs of the diet breaks, then you can understand why it's so crucial. It's crucial to do the mindset piece, work through the mindset blocks, because it's going to keep coming up. But most importantly, recognize that a diet break is not about giving up or letting go of your goals. It's about finding sustainability. It's about having a balanced approach to your nutrition instead of it being all or nothing. So again, do what you can to fight that all or nothing. If you need more help with the mindset piece, I highly recommend Crush the Diet uh, course because that is going to walk you through all of the lies that are going to come up in your mindset. It's going to come up with the diet industry lies. You're going to get all sorts of advice from the pros that I've interviewed over the years. And there's access to all the previous coaching calls that I've done with clients in there. That is such a great resource if you are on this journey of like, hey, let me get my mind on board with this. Because one of the things that I always like to say is if you feel like you know all of the things that you're supposed to be doing, but you have a hard time doing it, that's a mindset issue. If you feel like you're doing all of the things that you're supposed to be doing and you're not seeing results, that's probably also a mindset issue. That is That course is one of the least expensive ways to get started on that work. And I ran it live for so many years. So there's just a treasure trove of uh, live sessions in there and things like that, that can really help you on that journey. Of course, you're always more than welcome to uh hit me up, see if you are a candidate for coaching. And that's something we can work through one-to-one if you feel like you need more one-to-one help. But the Crush the Diet course is a great inexpensive way to start. So I just want to make sure that you understand that knowledge is power if you actually take action on it. So I want you to have the knowledge, but I want you to take action on the knowledge. And a big part of that is knowing what's going to get in the way of for you mentally, that's going to stop you from doing the things that you need to do physically. And remember that a slower metabolism is going to mean slower fat loss. So if you have been dieting for longer than you can remember, then switching to that, pulling out that diet break, whether it's a metabolism reset, whether it's a refeed day, whether it's a chill phase for four to two weeks might just be what your body needs. Typically I plan for 
doing at least one week of a diet break every like three to six weeks or so during a fat loss phase sooner or longer if you're experiencing any of the signs that we talked about here today, but also know that the leaner that you get, the more frequent your break should be. So it's definitely tempting to continue eating at that deficit when you're seeing progress, but also it's tempting to keep doing it when you're not seeing progress because of those fears that we talked about before, but don't do it. Take the break. Deficit eating, eating at a caloric deficit, under eating should never become your new normal. So thank you for chatting it up with me today. I know this was a longer one, but this is something that I feel really needs to kind of sit with all of us as we wrap up 2023 and head into 2024, or maybe you're listening to this in 2026 and heading into 2027, whenever that is for you, this is something that's so, so critical because you want to know, is it a plateau or is your body begging for a break? So bookmark this one, re-listen to it, let this sink in, and I will see you guys in the next one. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode and make sure you keep in touch. So whether that's through DMs or email, I would love to know what you felt about this episode or if you have topics that you'd like me to cover in future episodes. You can DM me on Facebook at EM2WL or over on Instagram at eatmore number two way less or via email at info at eatmoretowayless.com. If you're completely new to the Eat More to Way Less process, you can also grab our quick start guide at eatmoretowayless.com slash start. See you next time.